Have you guys ever had a toenail fall off four weeks after running a marathon? It's a little painful. Not nearly as painful as the Ducks defense this season. We'll talk about that on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for over a decade, thanking you for making this your first listen of the day. Don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD, and the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. So let's get right into it today. We had a couple of games over the weekend. Actually, before I get to the games, let me explain what's been happening. So I had a little bit of a mic issue. I actually had to go inside, do a little like screwdriver work, but it's all fixed and also had a little software stuff, but we are all good. Mic is working good as far as I know. Video's working good as far as I know. So everything's good now. And also it gave me an extra day to rest my voice and let it get back up to about 90%, which is better than it has been over the past couple weeks. So I'll take it. So that's why there's been a somewhat lack of shows, but we will have five shows this week, kind of a quasi doubleheader tonight, and then we'll be back regular Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. All right. So now to get into it, two games over the week weekend. I mean, part of me doesn't want to talk about it because it was both bad and good. Mostly bad because the Ducks lost both their games over the weekend. Both were winnable games. Let me say that again. The Ducks had winnable games over the weekend. They could have won that game against the Minnesota Wild. And they definitely could have won that game against Winnipeg. They could have. And didn't. The Minnesota one was extremely painful. Remember that list that I had a while back? I've since thrown away the list. I'm going to actually make like um, a long-term list. So I don't. I actually threw it away. But that list of games where the Ducks blew leads in the last three minutes of a game. Either they blew a lead that resulted in a tie going in overtime. Or they had a tie going in. To the end of regulation and blew that and got no points out of it. Well, it happened again, folks. It happened once again, and it happened again against the Minnesota Wild because, of course, it happened against the Minnesota freaking Wild. Jumping ahead in action, the Ducks were down early two to one against the Minnesota Wild. It looked like they were going to lose that game. I was ready to just call that a loss. When they were down two to one, I was ready for it. And then something weird happened that Saturday afternoon game. The Ducks actually started coming back a little bit. Uh, what? They started coming back? Wait, are the, the Ducks aren't allowed to do that. They're not allowed to come back. They're the ones that blow the leads for crying out loud. And they actually came back and scored not one, but Two goals? You mean the Ducks had a lead? Yeah, they did. And guess who scored in that second period? Cam Fowler on the power play. 
the power play has been getting better now that Dallas Eakins has put Mason McTavish on the power play. With that particular line, by the way, of Zegris, Rico, Troy Terry, Mason McTavish, and Cam Fowler. Finally, there's a foursome on the power play that's actually doing some good. Hooray! Finally! So Fowler, from a good distance, tied it at two. And then the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Trevor Zegris. Trevor freaking Zegris gave the Ducks the lead. Whew. That was that was looking fun, folks. All the all the while, by the way, Minnesota threw everything at John Gibson. Gibson was seen shot after shot after shot after shot. Man, that that looks good. That Zegers goal looked really good. But all the shots against our buddy Gibby. Uh, poor Gibby was getting the taser. Once again, 27 to 22 at the end of two periods. Oh, but it got so much worse because Anaheim does what they always do when they have a lead. They let it slip away. Stop me if you've heard this before. The Ducks allowed a power play goal. Joel Erickson Eck tied it up at three. But, oh my god, guess what? The Ducks scored another power play goal. This time, my guy, Troy Terry. That's right, Troy Terry did it again. Yes! Terry scored on the power play. Four to three Ducks. And guess who got assists? Rico and McTavish. Oh, by the way, McTavish, that's two apples in this game now. Yeah! The big guy's doing it. And then the Ducks did what they always do if they have a lead late. They hang back. They relax a little bit. They let the other team just put the pedal to the metal and get shot after shot. This is not just a one-time thing. This is a pattern. This is not just an isolated pattern. This is a particular pattern that has become more prevalent with Dallas Eagans at the helm. Is it a coincidence? No. 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 It's become worse with Dallas Eagans. And I'm trying to think of a more eloquent way to say that. But I, I gave you a whole list last week of all the instances where the Ducks relaxed at the end of a game. And it happened again. The Ducks allowed Minnesota to get high danger chances. The Ducks allowed Minnesota to get some high quality shots. And of course they got burned by it because with two and a half minutes left, guess who came a knocking? Kirill Kaprizov. He got the game tying goal. And yeah. I mean, that that was a bad one. That was a bad goal to give up. Especially after Troy Vechkin did what he always does. And the Ducks allowed a goal under three minutes in regulation again. So that's tied it at four. Went in overtime. We'll talk about what happened later after the first intermission. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Athletic Greens 1. So I started taking AG1 because 
I wanted better gut health. I wanted more energy. And at the time, I wanted a good supplement that would help me in my marathon training, which I did finish. And you know what? It did help me out a lot during the training and especially the morning of the marathon because AG1 is filled with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. And it started my day right that day. It really did. And the way I use it, I take a scoop of the powder, mix it in some water, mix it up, drink it, and I am good to go. Yeah. I mean, it's cheaper than getting all kinds of different supplements, and it is recommended by professional athletes and also recommended, by the way, by some marathoners because I wasn't the only one running the New York Marathon that was taking AG1, by the way. So if you want to try it for yourself, then head over to athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network right now. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs, which I used, with your first purchase. All you have to do once again is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with, bam, Jason J.D. Hernandez. So what happened in that overtime? Actually, what happened before that overtime? Let's talk about John Gibson going a little bit feral on everybody. Why is it that certain teams want to try to provoke John Gibson? Why is that? We know Gibby can throw hands. I mean, he wanted to. Gibby wanted to throw hands. I say, let him. Let him throw hands. It's only a matter of time before John Gibson is absolutely going to clock someone. And you know what? I would say it's probably earned. No, definitely earned. How dare Jordan Greenway just like get into his face? And you know what? I I liked that. I liked seeing John Gibson have a little bit of chutzpah right there. Jordan Greenway got in his grill. John Gibson got in his grill. The two started going at it. A little bit of a shove. A little bit more of a shove. And then they started going at it. Not exactly fighting, fighting. But there were definitely some shoves going on. A little bit of, you know, like, I'm going to get, like, a little bit of, like, not headlocking, but a little bit of action there where it looked like it could have escalated. And it easily could have escalated. It did not. But can you imagine if the refs just let... Gibby loose. I mean, he he would kill someone. He would legitimately just like go bam, 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 right up against someone. And if there's any goalie in the league, well, there's a couple goalies that could do it. But I think Gibby is one of those goalies that could just fight someone and just let it happen. Love letting it happen. So I'm kind of circling back to John Gibson because in overtime... There was a particular penalty that took place against John Gibson while the Ducks were on a power play. Did you know it is illegal for a goalie to throw the puck forward while he's in front of his crease? Did you know that? I certainly did because I've seen that call happen before. 
and Gibby did it. He had the puck in his hand, and instead of freezing it, he threw the puck forward instead of throwing it either to the side or behind him. Now, as a goalie, you are allowed to freeze the puck but kind of slide it to the side or slide it back to another player. But he threw it forward, like just chucked it forward. Nope, can't do that. The refs saw it right away. He was penalized. And that's how overtime pretty much ended while both teams skated even. So we head to a shootout. In that shootout, we saw we we saw pretty much some of the best goal scoring in a shootout that we've seen in a long, long, long time. First off, Troy Terry had a great shot in overtime. Jared Spurgeon just stopped him. So what do we get in a shootout? We get, you know, Trevor Zegris, because of course. And Trevor Zegris worked his sorcery on the shootout. He slowed down. I'm going to try to slow it down a little bit. He slowed down just a little bit. A little bit of speed. Slows down even more. And then a little bit of a bam right there. Zegris had Gustafson fooled on that shootout goal. I mean, Filthy doesn't even begin to describe Trevor Zegris on the shootout. But dude, that was sick. And then right back, Kirill Kaprizov scored in the first round. McTavish couldn't score. Ryan Strom couldn't score. But Matt Boldy scored in the shootout. And that was it. Minnesota won in a shootout. 5-4. The Ducks left Minnesota with just one regulation win. That's it. One. Uno. (sighs) So they leave Minnesota with a winnable game. A very very winnable game and they couldn't do it they they couldn't hold on to that lead again this has happened way too much in the past even season and a half i haven't even gone into the 2020-21 season i haven't even looked that up yet or even 2019-2020 i haven't looked that up yet you know i'm gonna do that tonight during the ducks game tonight i'm gonna start looking up all these stupid stats because some of them are incredibly stupid and try to see how many times the Ducks have squandered a lead or a tie late in the game. Because it, it's it's ridiculous. And I know that the easy out is going to say, well, it could be personnel. The Ducks have good personnel right now. So you know where it leads. It, it leads to coaching. I've hosted this for four seasons. It was bad before Dallas Eakins, but it's worse under his regime. That particular aspect of the Ducks' play has gotten worse. Keep the foot on the gas. If you have someone on their heels, just go after them. It's kind of like the old saying, step on their throat. Like Once you have them by the throat, just step on their throat. And the Ducks haven't done that. The killer instinct is not there. The Ducks, more often than not, have blown a lead late. And it's not going to change this season. It's not. All right. We're going to head into the second intermission. Talk very briefly about the Jets game because that one was pretty ugly in the end as well. We'll get to that 
as soon as I talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. You have the National Hockey League. You have the playoffs in about four. Playoffs? We're talking about playoffs? Don't talk to me about playoffs. Yeah. But who's going to win the Stanley Cup this season? More so, who's going to be the first coach fired or the next coach fired? Yeah. Those odds are actually up right now on betonline.net. So if you believe that Dallas Eakins is going to be the next coach fired, then you could place a bet on that if you live in a state other than California on betonline.net. There's also the NBA. There's football. How about that Monday Night Football game? Whew, boy. There's also, by the way, boxing, MMA, horse racing, all that fun stuff. So head over to betonline.net right now using either your mobile device or your laptop. Once again, BetOnline is where the game starts, and BetOnline is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please, folks, gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're still locked in with an exasperated J.D. Hernandez on episode number 641 of Locked On Ducks, which means I've talked about this team over 600 times. And not much has changed in those four seasons. The Ducks are still blowing leads. Guess what? They did it in Winnipeg too. They had a two-goal lead early in this game. They could have taken a 3-0 lead or a 4-0 lead if they just wouldn't let up. Early on in the game, the Ducks had all the momentum. All of it. They were completely outplaying Winnipeg. First period, shots were 18-7 in favor of the Ducks. They looked good. First goal of the game, Jakob Silverberg. Nice to see him get on the board. And you know who scored that second goal, which was still weird to me when I saw that? Brett freaking Leeson. Brett Leeson scored his second of the season. That looked great. At the time, the Ducks were out shooting Winnipeg by a lot. I mean, a lot. And then the Ducks did what they always do when they have a lead. They relax. They had 20, I'd say 20 or 21 shots at the time of that goal. They had nine after that. They had nine shots on goal after that for the last 35 minutes of the game. At one point, they were doubling them up. It was like 20 to 10 at one point. Yeah. And then Winnipeg just took over, but it's more so the Ducks just let them walk all over them. After that point, shots were 30 to 9. Yeesh. That's bad, folks. Last two periods, 33 to 12 were the shots on goal. <sighs> and Mikey Isimont. Yes, you heard that right. Former Ontario Rain player, former LA Kings player, Mikey Isimont. He was one of the stars of the game. 
he looked good in this game. Mikey Isimont, he looked good overall. He didn't get any points on this, but man, he was aggressive on this game. He was aggressive against other Ducks players. <sighs> yeah. How how they let him just have his way with the Ducks. And it was his tenacity. And his good defense. And his good aggressiveness. That's what partially sparked the Winnipeg Jets. And right away they scored one in the middle of the second. Then another one two minutes later. And then it was all Winnipeg after that. Like I said, 30 to 10 after that. And even the Ducks, like 9 or 10 shots towards the end, they were not good quality shots. They just had nothing at that point. They, the Winnipeg Jets scored five unanswered goals. Five. Five unanswered. And that was pretty much it. The Ducks lost 5 to 2 at Winnipeg. And for the second time this season, they went over on this road trip. Zero wins. How many points did they get? They got one. One point. No, sorry, two points on this road trip. I forgot about the overtime against Nashville. Two points on this road trip. One point against Nashville. One point against Minnesota. That was it. The Ducks still have one regulation win so far this season. It's December 6th. We're 26 games into the season, and the Ducks still have only one regulation win. They're on pace, on pace, for 3.4 regulation wins. So we'll round down. They're on pace for three regulation wins this season. That would by far break an NHL record. In a season with 80-plus games, the NHL record for fewest regulation wins is 8, shared by the San Jose Sharks and the Washington Capitals. It feels like it's going to take a miracle for the Ducks to get to 8 at this point. It really feels like it. Oh, and by the way, in those 26 games, I got to mention, Winnipeg outshot the Ducks 40-30. to In 26 games, the Ducks have allowed 40 plus shots in half the games in half the games 13 times out of 26 the ducks have allowed 40 plus shots that is way too much and an incredibly bad effort defensively i mean yes you could point to the injuries the ducks have had shaddy was out for a while jamie dreisel out for the season more than likely you don't, you don't realize how badly the Ducks miss certain players until they're gone. And Jamie Drysdale was definitely a player that the Ducks took for granted. We all took Jamie Drysdale for granted. And look how much worse the defense has been without him in the lineup. It's gotten worse. I mean, at this pace, the Ducks are going to allow 40-plus shots a total of 41 times this season at this rate. Do you know how many times they've allowed less than 30 shots? Allowed less than 30. I'll give you a second to think about it. Hmm? Yeah. Four times. Four out of 26 times the Ducks have allowed 30 or less shots. Or less than 30 shots. 
St. Louis, the Kraken, the Golden Knights, if you can believe that, and the Blackhawks. Um, how'd those games turn out? Not so good. They allowed 22 shots against the Blackhawks. They lost 3-2. to two. They allowed 22 shots against Vegas. They lost 4 nothing. They allowed 25 shots against the Kraken. Lost 5-4. They allowed 27 shots against the Blues. Lost 3-1. to one. I don't know what more the Ducks can do at this point. I don't know what more I can say. Except this Ducks team... If you thought 2020... 21 was historically bad this might be worse and this is not just hyperbole this might be legitimately one of the most historically bad teams in a single season in NHL history we're certainly on our way to the worst single season in Ducks history we're on our way as long as it means that the Ducks can get Connor Bedard in the draft, then maybe it'll be worth it. But this is bad, folks. All right, I'm done ranting for this one. We're going to be back with another show later on because we've got so much more to talk about, including some moves in the roster. Um, Settlers of Catan, i got to talk about that. So, yeah, stay tuned for the next episode of Locked on Ducks where I talk about everything else under the sun. In the meantime, thank you so much for your continued support. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among others. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. You could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Once again, thank you all so much for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Be kind to all the Ducks fans. And Ducks fly together. Mm-hmm.